Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be talking about this topic today. Oh my goodness, what a journey this healing process has been. I just had a session with my mentor this morning and we both were just celebrating how far we've come in this work together because it has been quite the roller coaster and just every single moment where it felt so fucking hard and I wanted to just give up. And I knew that I couldn't, and I knew that everything was just going to compound and add up to feeling these shifts and feeling this healing pay off. And it certainly has. So today is a very, very special episode because I'm going to be sharing how I have healed my validation wound. And the fact that I can even create an episode on this feels just, I have no words because this has been such a huge wound for me that has literally taken over my life, my relationships, the way in which I have related to myself, to my business, to my mentor, to my partners, to my family, literally to everyone, and has just not allowed me to feel how I want to feel in life. And healing this has probably been the most difficult wound that I have healed and that I just have always wanted to heal and I just didn't know if I would ever get to this point. And now I'm here and it feels fucking amazing. So I'm just taking a breath to honor myself in that. And I want to share this with you all in hopes of it giving you hope and inspiration to not give up on yourself, even when this healing work feels so hard even when healing your childhood trauma, your attachment wounding, building secure attachment feels like the most impossible thing in the world. Like you're never going to get there. Like the old wounds just keep coming up and up over and over and over again. I am living proof that if you do not give up and you continue to tend to these wounds, continue to tend to your little inner child, continue to be with the deep shame that makes you want to crawl and hole and die. I promise you the results are inevitable. You just cannot give up. And I know how hard that feels in the moment. So I'm going to walk you through kind of a three part journey that I went on in healing this validation wound. And it's only been in the past three weeks that this has really shifted in such a powerful way. And I'm still even just processing how it shifted because I feel like I'm literally recording this as a different version of myself than I was three weeks ago. (laughs) That's so just wild because when you're in this healing journey, it can feel like months and years where something's not shifting. And then all of that work compounds to this like moment or few moments where something finally shifts and clicks And your nervous system finally releases the old ways and finally just feels safe. And there's no greater feeling in the world than feeling safe in your body. 
sometimes we fool ourselves and we think that we're feeling safe, but really we're just using these addictive behaviors or these ways that society has normalized feeling safe rather than actually feeling safe, like in a really grounded, embodied, powerful way. It's just fucking incredible. So I'm going to start off by sharing this validation wound. If you guys have been listening to this podcast or you've been following me on Instagram or um, just following my journey in general, you know that I have struggled with anxious attachment and I've struggled even more deeply than that um, because a deeper version of anxious attachment was some borderline symptoms that I was healing. And even just to be able to say that and not feel shame come up in my body, like I want to run away or like, you know, I'm going to be judged or die or whatever, like it's so freeing. And I want everyone to be able to talk about their healing, their journey. Like when we, as Gabor Mate talks about, like when we talk about the stuff, shame doesn't have as much space to live and survive. Shame only exists and survives when we continue to perpetuate the shame wound of feeling like we have to hide these things. So as you guys may know, um, as children, we absorb the nervous systems of our parents. And so if our parents struggled with anxiety, depression, um, you know, maybe some borderline symptoms like my mom did or anything else, as babies, we absorb that right? So maybe one sibling gets a little bit more of the depression. The other sibling gets a little bit more of the anxiety. You know, no two siblings have the same parents. Technically, yes, we have the same parents, but how our parents' nervous systems imprint on us as babies, it's very unique to each sibling. So for me, I got a lot of, you know, my mom's anxiety and I got some of her borderline symptoms, which I didn't even know until doing this work, until my mentor and I had a really painful, difficult conversation where she kind of was like a detective and, and put together all these different puzzle pieces of my behaviors and my symptoms. And she was like, I think you have some borderline. And I just like hysterically cried and was like, fuck, like, this is what my mom struggled with. And like, it just completely shattered my entire way of viewing myself. And it felt so utterly terrifying. Like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to view myself. I didn't know what this meant for me. And she kept saying, it's not a death sentence. This is stuff that can be healed. And I think because I saw how my mom struggled a lot her whole life and she didn't ever get to do this healing work, I just associated it as something that would just be with me forever, that I would always struggle with needing external validation struggling with mood swings, struggling with just emotion dysregulation. Those were some of the main symptoms that I've been healing. And she gave me hope that I could really do this. And so by me sharing my story, I hope that no matter what your symptoms that you're healing are, you know, what you're struggling with, whether it's also a validation wound or abandonment wound, like I've been healing, I hope that this gives you hope that everything is not permanent. Everything can be healed. Everything can be shifted. And that's the power of us. That's the power of tapping into us is that we actually get to heal. I mean, from the time I was a baby, these doctors who, you know, were helping me when I had the leukemia, they kept saying like, when I got that 108 fever, my doctor literally said, Rachel's a witch. Like she healed herself. She somehow, you know, like attracted this really high fever and um, it 
killed all the cancer cells that were left after the chemo and I cured myself. And that's just an example, you know, some people might hear that and be like, well, no, it was the chemo that killed it or no, you know, like how could you have cured it? Right. Like there's all these beliefs that might float in your head and that's totally valid and okay. And also it's just a beautiful example of how powerful we are, even just entering the world, even as children and growing up, like we have so much untapped power in us, magic in us that society works so hard and also effortless at the same time at really dimming and brainwashing us into thinking that we don't. And so anywho, part one of this is that I had a really, really big validation wound. I felt like if I didn't receive validation or if I was invalidated that I was dying, like that's how it felt in my body. And there's not one particular thing I can pinpoint and be like, oh, this is why I have this validation wound, but it's just a number of factors. It's a number of factors of, you know, um, what my mom struggled with and just my relationships with my parents and my family and being the youngest and being so sick, so young and not developing this really deep fear of abandonment. And so whatever the reasons are, I have this really, really, really deep abandonment wounds. Like, you know, anxious attachment, there's that fear of abandonment. But normally when the person that you're anxious, anxiously attached to then comes back into contact, let's say you get in a fight and then you make up, then usually that anxiety subsides. With me, I could, you know, have the person come back if I was getting in a fight with my partner or, um, you know, wasn't hearing uh, back from my mentor and boxer. And let's say they came back and it still, until I got that validation, it still felt so dysregulating. It felt like I was dying. And so I'm going to break this apart for you a little bit because it may sound a little extreme. Like, well, why would you feel like you're dying if you didn't get validation? So what my mentor and I uncovered in doing this work together is that the core emotion underneath this perception of getting invalidated is fear. It's if this person does not understand me, because what is validation? It's simply being heard, understood, seen, accepted. And so if this person does not understand me, if they don't see me, if they don't hear me, will I get my needs met? Or will I be abandoned? And so as a kid, if we feel like we're not going to get our needs met, if we don't feel understood, if we don't feel seen, like just a very primal example, let's say a kid is screaming, like I'm, or let's say a baby's crying and they're like, you know, the, the mom's trying to figure out like, what do they need? Do they need water? Do they need hugs? Do they need their diaper change? And let's say they just keep screaming and screaming and screaming. And like in their internal world, they're like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. But let's say the parents just, um, you know, do a diaper change and they try all the other things, but they like the, the water or the milk is like the one thing that they forget. And so that baby not feeling like they're going to get that water, it feels like they're dying, right? So that's just an example to help you understand that when we don't feel understood, we could feel like we're dying and it can trigger that abandonment wound so deeply. So I would be really hypervigilant with my mentor, with my partners, the people that I'm closest to around, you know, like the way in which they validated me, how they validated me, when they validated me, like it, it constantly felt like I needed them to understand me. 
because I grew up not trusting myself, not trusting my intuition, being so indecisive to the point that it was paralyzing. And because of this, it felt so scary. Like I couldn't trust myself. I couldn't trust how I was feeling. And, you know, a lot of this comes from my relationship with my mom because her own emotion dysregulation, her own fear of abandonment, her own trauma, you know, she was in survival mode and it didn't fully allow her to validate my emotions and understand my emotions. And so it made me feel like I was crazy. And so this is how generational trauma perpetuates of if I didn't heal this wound and I had a child and I was constantly projecting my need for validation on them and making their emotions feel crazy because they're not understanding my emotions or their emotions might be different than mine. And so it makes me feel invalidated. Like that's how we perpetuate generational trauma. And so it's really our responsibility as humans before we bring in a next generation is to make sure that we're tending to these wounds so that we're not continuing these cycles. And I have definitely been the cycle breaker in my family in the sense that, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to have kids or not, but either way, you know, this is stuff that I'm able to, it's a healing domino effect. It's stuff that I'm able to then carry on to, you know, my niece and nephew and to the people that I relate to. And let's say if I do have kids one day and my clients and, you know, because if we're not tending to ourselves, we could be projecting on anyone. So we have this idea of where the validation wound comes from, childhood, not being able to trust your feelings, not having your feelings be attuned to in the way that you needed them to. And again, this isn't to blame our parents. Our parents are just humans with their own trauma, their own nervous systems doing the best they can. And I had wonderful parents. I love my parents with all my heart and also my parents are human. So it only makes sense that I would also get some of what they're struggling with as well. And so Part one of this was just understanding how my validation wound showed up for me, how this would show up for me, where my control would get so strong, um, where it would come off as manipulative of trying to get my needs met. And then realizing once we kind of discovered that these were some borderline symptoms that what's manipulation is actually called crafty ways, because manipulation is more of like, if you're... It, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this because I think, you know, the, what we had kind of been researching was saying that like manipulation is more conscious and because people with borderline, it's not like they're consciously trying to manipulate you. They're just trying to get their needs met that it's more crafty ways, but sometimes manipulation can be unconscious too. In fact, I think a lot of the times it can be unconscious. So whatever you want to call it, those were the behaviors that were coming up for me. It was some form of, you know, manipulation of like trying to get my needs met. So if you imagine a child who's just screaming and screaming, feeling terrified, like trying to get their needs met and they will do whatever they need to do to get their needs met. They will get sick. They will scream. They will do anything that brings them attention. And so this was me in my most intimate relationships. My control was incredibly strong. Something happened that felt out of control. It felt like I was dying inside. It felt like I was, I grasped on for external saving of like, save me. I feel unsafe. And the control was just simply a protector trying to get my needs met, trying to protect me from feeling that deep, deep fear, that deep pain, that deep shame. And once we recognized what this was, we then had some awareness around it. And so when this would come up, 
my mentor was able to better understand what was happening for me. I was better able to understand what was happening for me. And so we basically called these what they're called episodes, right? So borderline episodes of feeling incredibly dysregulated and unsafe in my body and needing her to validate me and show me like, okay, I understand you, you're safe, you're not being left, you, like you make sense. And it just makes me so sad for that younger part of myself that still felt that way. And it was really painful. And essentially in order to bring these needs to light and in order to meet the needs instead of shaming the needs or feeling embarrassed to have the needs because so many of us have unmet needs, but we feel so much shame around them because our brains say, well, we're adults. We shouldn't need these childlike things, right? But the more that we accept that we have these unmet needs, the more that we can tend to them and the more that we tend to them and meet them, the less we're going to need them. And that's exactly what my journey has been like. The more that I was able to just communicate I'm really scared right now and I need validation that, you know, X, Y, Z. And this became really tricky because there would be times where it was almost like the validation seeking or, you know, having this permission to ask for it then became the new crafty way of trying to get it because I still wasn't just communicating like, you know, I'm feeling scared. I need this. I was still I was still seeking it, but not in a direct way because I never really knew how to ask for it directly. And so I would still ask questions that felt graspy or controlling. Um, and then I would say, well, you know, you told me to ask for validation. So that's what I'm doing. And then my mentor would be like, but you didn't actually ask for it. You still were kind of seeking it in this weird sideways way. And so we realized that you know, when I was able to connect to the emotion, like I feel scared right now, that's when she was able to understand, okay, this is what you're needing. You're needing validation. And she was able to give me a lot of that. And then it got to the point where it wasn't as helpful anymore because that almost then became the addiction of like, okay, now that I have this green light to ask for it. I'm just going to ask for it and ask for it and just feed the validation wood, feed the validation when it's like an IV drip of validation because <laughs> it literally is an addiction. And so the day before my retreat, no, the morning of my retreat, this is where it all shifted. My mentor and I had this really profound conversation where she was like, I think it's time. I think it's not helpful anymore for you to ask me for it. I think you need to just sit with this on your own, which felt terrifying. And so I started practicing doing that. Or we had this conversation probably like a week before, but um, the night before the retreat, I got really, really triggered because I saw in my mastermind group that I'm in, I saw how other people were able to just communicate what they were feeling and how that brought up so much shame for me of like, and so much grief around the fact that I've never known how to just ask for what I need or communicate, you know, how I'm actually feeling because there was so much fear of being shamed or being judged or being invalidated that my protectors were so strong. And so there was this night where I saw, you know, us talking about um, this topic that had been really triggering for me and seeing how my fellow peers were able to just talk about it you know, without feeling activated. And it brought such envy and such jealousy and such shame of like, oh, I wish I could do that. And 
you know, the difference is that when these things would come up, I was at a point in my healing where I was able to really be with the shame rather than project. Like I used to project onto my mentor and be like, well, you're just not validating me or you're just not doing it, like making her wrong. And this, this was different because I was actually just seeing my own behavior and seeing how things were so incredibly difficult for me. And it, there was such grief around that grief around, you know, everything that little me went through to get to this place of not feeling safe to just ask for what I needed. So that night we agreed, like, it's just not helpful, you know, because the next morning, you know, even after she had validated that the shame was like really hard and she's here with me and I'm safe, it just didn't feel like enough. And it still felt like someone saved me from the shame. And she was like, I can't save you from the shame. You have to be with it. And so I fully went into survival mode because I had three clients coming that night to the retreat. I had to be in leadership mode. I had to get my shit together. And so I literally was forced to just like, even though I was basically having an episode, I was feeling so unsafe. It felt like I was dying. It felt like the shame was so deep that I just wanted to die. Like it felt so incredibly strong in my body. And I was like, you know what? I have three clients coming. I don't have time to fall apart right now. <laughs> I need to get my shit together. And I just owned, I took ownership of my part. I apologized to my mentor for, you know, you know, controlling and, and all these behaviors that were coming out and being raspy with her. And, and I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to shift it. I know I can, even though it feels scary, I'm going to shift this and I'm not going to ask you for validation anymore. And I'm just going to be with the wound as it comes up. And I'm going to show myself that I'm safe to leave this retreat right now. And that I can show my nervous system. It doesn't need to get the validation to survive. And this was kind of a continual process because every time I would have an episode and I would, you know, maybe she, like my mentor would validate me the exact way that little me wanted her to. Um, I was eventually able to get back to regulation on my own. And before when this would happen, like when I was living with my former partner, I wouldn't be able to feel calm until like, until I was comforted by him until he validated me and it still never felt like enough. And so that's the thing about these wounds is that they become addictions of like, it's never enough. It's never enough. I want more, 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 more. And that's because we're not actually just being and feeling with that utter, that utterly terrifying pain and shame. And so this was really like this ultimate layer of healing. It was okay. We went from identifying the wound to then having me ask for what I needed, which was asking for the validation to now being at the point where I no longer am going to ask for it. I'm going to tend to it myself. And that was three weeks ago. I then had my retreat. It was amazing. I didn't feel like I was like just keeping it together. Barely. I, I fully felt safe in my body and something about that combination of the timing where we had that conversation that morning, you know, and I just took full ownership over how my behaviors were coming out. And then really my mentor putting it back on me and saying, you need to heal this. Like you need to do this. And the tricky part is that 
I really fully believe that the reason why I was meant to do this work while I'm single is because if I were in a relationship, these wounds would be coming out with my partner. But because I'm single, all the wounds were coming out with my mentor because she was my primary attachment. Whereas if I had a boyfriend or a partner, that person would be my primary attachment. So in a way, my mentor became like this mother figure that was like reparenting little me and my closest relationship. And because of that and realizing like that I'm acting controlling with her or grasping with her, it's almost like instead of having this partner and then talking to her about it and her being able to like see like how I'm treating this partner and like, you know, be with me every step of the way and still hold me through that. It's almost because she was like, I don't want to say the victim, but she was the one that was like dealing with these behaviors um, that didn't feel good for her, right? Like that didn't, you know, no one wants to feel controlled or projected on. And it was because it was her that it got to a point where it's like, yeah, she was going to be there with me and hold me through it, but she couldn't be the one to really like process it anymore because it was her, she was the one that I was like doing all this with. And so it was this very tricky balance of like, well, how do I come to you? And, you know, you're the person I process these things with. And also you're the one that I'm controlling and trying to grasp onto and all this stuff where it's actually meant to be that, you know, that that was our dynamic so that she could then put me back onto me, guide me home back to me. Whereas if maybe I was doing this with a partner and it wasn't coming out with her, she would be, you know, more okay with me, like continuing to come to her about it. And then it may not shift, right? Like it may or may not, we don't know. Um, but I think because it was this added layer that made it more tricky, it really emphasized the importance of me healing this because it was almost like, okay, if, if you want to have a really beautiful, connected, grounded relationship with this person who means so much to you, and you don't want to continue to make them feel the way that they're feeling. And I just want to be really clear here. It's not that I'm taking responsibility for my mentor's emotions. It's that our relationship is a mirror for my relationships with everyone else. So if I'm controlling with her and I'm manipulative with her and I'm graspy with her, that's what show, she's literally getting a firsthand show and witness of how I relate to my partners. And if I want to heal this before I then get into a relationship to break that pattern and actually get to experience a secure relationship, like she she was the one that was able to see all of it and to, to really like show me how it feels on the receiving end. And so I'm like, okay, if I don't want to make my partners feel like this in the future, I have to shift this. And this isn't to say that, you know, you can't heal these wounds if you're in a relationship. If I was in a partnership, it would just be a different dynamic. But I think because of how strong this wound is for me, it was almost meant to, I do believe that it was meant to be that this wound got healed with her rather than a partner. And so anyway, I, you know, this combination of like her putting it back on me, having these really difficult, painful conversations, and then having to go fucking lead a retreat 
I went from being in full survival mode to showing my nervous system. We did it. We survived like the worst possible timing came up where my control was so activated of like, I can't be upset right now. I can't have an episode right now. I'm about to go on this retreat. It literally forced my control to release and say, we can't control it. And we're still safe. And something about that combination of that timing of that wound, plus going into this retreat weekend and forcing my control to release, it shifted everything for me. It was like the final layer of healing this wound. And that's not to say it won't ever come up again, or it won't need tending to, or that I'm attaching on to this state of being how I feel right now. It's just honoring that, like, if it doesn't shift at a nervous system level, it doesn't shift. And it's now been three weeks with no episodes, no triggers, no dysregulation, like noticing when my moods get more elevated or more low, or when I'm needing more rest. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. Last night I was high on life and I stayed up too late and now I'm tired today. And like, it's not that I'm perfect at it. It's that now I'm actually aware of like what's happening and I can choose how to relate to it. And I can say, okay, if I didn't get a lot of rest yesterday, let me get some extra rest today. Or, you know, let me just take today slower and really monitor my moods and how I'm feeling. And when my body and nervous system gets stuck in that go, go, go mode, and can I just breathe and just like lay down for a few minutes and just slow down. And so this morning in session, we just have this beautiful conversation reflecting on how literally I couldn't even think of anything I wanted validation on. I was like, I don't think I need it anymore. And just like to be able to say, like, I don't need it anymore. I don't need it anymore. I'm safe. I'm safe without it. Like, it's just literally everything. It's literally the most freeing thing in the world. And it makes me teary just thinking about it because it's something that I have just so desperately wanted without even knowing that I wanted, but I always knew that I felt so unsafe in my body during these triggers and no one would know this about me because in general, like I am a pretty grounded person, but when I get triggered, when I get, when this activated anxious attachment and validation wound and abandonment wound gets triggered, it is so fucking strong. And so to be able to heal it and just feel safe to be, just feel safe to be with all the things like I'm no longer hypervigilant, like I'm still learning how to trust myself, but that has grown a lot. It's just everything. When you feel safe to just be without needing something outside of yourself and can fully find whatever you're needing within, it's ultimate freedom because your safety no longer depends on another person, on a substance, on an addiction, on external validation. Like it's just dependent on you and everything that you already have within you need. It's just so freeing, like, and it's shifted how I'm relating with dating. I'm dating right now, just like different people just to kind of explore. And my anxious attachment hasn't been activated in the past few weeks. Like I'm going on a date tonight and a date tomorrow. And like, I'm just like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And just not attaching to the outcome or trying to figure it out. And like, oh my God, it's just, it's fucking exhausting living in our heads. And so even though this healing took so much time, money, effort, consistency, 
continuing to come back and surrender, continuing to trust, to trust my relationship with my mentor, to trust her in guiding me, even though little me was so hypervigilant around trusting anyone, especially a parent figure, like just to be able to feel safe to trust. There's literally no greater gift than that. It makes me so emotional. Like it's just literally everything. And I want everyone to feel this way. Everyone. And you may be listening to this and like have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about because maybe you're not even at that point in your journey and that's okay. But wherever you are at, I just want you to know that like, no matter what you're struggling with, whatever symptoms you're having, no matter how strong your abandonment wound gets or your anxious attachment or your money wounds or how depressed you feel, how anxious you feel, like, I just want you to know that this healing is so incredibly possible for you. I never, ever thought that I would feel the way I feel in this present moment, like ever. I, I knew that I could. I believed that I could get there. I believed that I could heal this. I really did, but I didn't know how I was going to. I didn't know when I was going to. I didn't know if I would ever feel this way. I wanted to. I believed I could, but I didn't know. And now I'm here and I fully feel like a completely different version of myself. And it's just, it's so wild in the best way possible. And I just want this for everyone. I want every single person to just feel free because I know, I know how deeply exhausting and terrifying and hard and painful it is when you feel unsafe in your body. It feels awful. It feels shameful. It feels just so, so painful. And there's been so much pain in healing this wound and pain that I've had to process. And I just want you to know that when the shame tells you that there's something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you make so much sense. You make so much sense. Everything you're feeling comes from a root. Everything you're feeling comes from your nervous system, from little you just trying to get your needs met. And so the more you can accept these ugly, dark parts of yourself, and use that as motivation to accept and love them and bring them to the light and talk about them, the more you're going to be able to change them and shift them. It's the parts of ourselves that we want to shift the most that we like shame ourselves into changing. We can't shame ourselves into changing. We have to really be with the shame, use the shame as like motivation because you don't want to keep feeling that shame but also accept that like, it doesn't mean anything about you. It just means there's a terrified inner child in there who's trying to get their needs met and who's so scared of creating the life that they want to create because they're scared of loss. You know, I had my mastermind call last night with my clients and they were talking about this theme of like authenticity versus attachment and just fearing loss. And I looked at them and I said, listen, I wish but I could tell you that there's not going to be loss on this journey, but I can't. 
because unfortunately, when you decide to create your life, your dream life, your authentic life, when you decide to go on this journey of getting to know your authentic self, when you go on this journey of choosing you rather than choosing your trauma responses, you will lose people. I can't say that for sure, but I can say that I've lost people. I can say that my mentors lost people. I can say that my clients have lost people. I can say that you will either get small in favor of staying with your attachment relationships, or you will rise to your power, to your authenticity, to your leadership. And people will either be inspired by you and come with you and ask, hey, what have you been doing? You seem like lighter and brighter. My stepmom messaged me. She's like, your skin is glowing. And I was like, well, yes, it's the healing and also the Jojoba oil from Trader Joe's that I still am not pronouncing correctly. But my point is, is that you will start feeling these differences and people will be able to see it and feel it in your energy because energy is everything. And they're either going to say, I want whatever Kool-Aid you're drinking, <laughs> or they're going to get triggered as fuck by you. And I learned in my human design that I'm meant to be a triggering person, which the former version of myself that was people pleasing and constantly hypervigilant around other people's emotions. If you were to tell me that I was going to be a leader in this world, that's meant to trigger people. I would have been like, you're out of your mind. And sure enough, I've been triggering people and the old me would have felt terrified of judgment, of feeling so misunderstood. And now I just say, you know what? It's okay. I'm speaking my truth. It's going to trigger people. They can either use that trigger to look at what's being triggered or they might not want me in their life anymore. And I have to be with that. I have to be with that unknown. And trust that the people that are meant to come with me will, and the people that are not are not, and that's okay. It's not mine to control. It's not mine to judge. It's not mine to try and figure out. It's just acceptance of where everyone is on their own journeys and their own paths. So this was an emotional one. This was a really important one. And I just hope that you take away from this, that even when things feel so fucking hard and painful and impossible that healing is so available to you and you just have to make the choice over and over and over again that you're going to prioritize your money your time your energy your commitment to you and finding the right mentor container support healing for you i'm obviously biased and think that this particular healing is what literally will change the world because it's what has changed my life and what for me resonates as the missing piece of every other therapy I've ever done. And I just fully believe that this can absolutely change the world. And if everyone feels safe to be themselves and release the trauma, we're going to live in such a more connected, beautiful, abundant, joyful world where we're not just surviving every day and numbing. We're actually thriving and feeling how we want to feel. Last night I was sitting by the ocean eating my dinner from the market and I just looked at the ocean and I just had this moment of like, wow, like such deep gratitude for what my life is right now. My life was not always feeling this wonderful. I don't think it's ever felt this wonderful. Like I always had a good life, right? I had good friends, good family, good loved ones, but I always felt 
like I wanted more. I felt like I was meant for more. I felt like something was missing. I felt like I was playing small. I felt so scared and anxious and like my inner child was fully running the show. And now I'm fully in my expansion era and it's, as my mentor says, healing is a gateway to expansion. We have to heal in order to feel safe to expand. And I can tell you that it is fully worth it, fully worth it. So please do not give up on yourself. Please reach out for support. I love guiding you through your journey because I've been through it and I cannot guide anyone in something that I've not been through myself um, because you have to walk through the fire. <laughs> you have to walk through all of it to be able to fully get it and hold people because you can only meet people as far as you've met yourselves. Met yourself. Yeah. English. I told you guys I'm tired. So English is a little hard, but I think I was meant to record this little tired because it just allowed the full raw vulnerability of what this episode means to me to come out. So anyway, Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being on this wild ride with me. Like, thank you for choosing to press play today. Thank you for wanting to shift how you're relating to the world and take responsibility of your life because you deserve it. And you are doing such a beautiful service to the world in choosing your healing and choosing your expansion and choosing your dream life. So if you are needing support, I have a few different ways to hop in right now. I have a masterclass this uh, Wednesday, the 24th, where we are going to be diving into feeling safe to celebrate. I'm so excited. This is really timely since I'm celebrating healing this wound. And yeah, it's going to be fucking amazing. I also have my first ever course, The Secure Entrepreneur. The wait list is open right now until the 24th. You get early bird pricing of 222. This is for the entrepreneurs who are struggling with this abandonment wound, how this might be showing up in your business when you are trying to attach to certain outcomes when you launch. Like I had to even use this launch as practice with that of when little me comes out and she's like having this fear of people not showing up and trying to control the outcome. And I have to tend to her and say, we are trusting, we are trusting, we are trusting, we are connecting back home to ourselves, we are connecting back to our purpose and our power. There's no need to be hypervigilant. We're just trusting that whoever is meant to get their hands on this course will. And I believe it will serve you so deeply if you allow it to. So if you are wanting to relate to your business through secure attachment, through releasing control, through your power, setting boundaries, using your sacred no, using your fuck yes, this is the course for you. And then if you are a man listening to this, Anna, my co-leader and I are launching our third round of Real Men Heal this summer, 2023. So feel free to head to the link in our bio or DM us to fill out an application for a free discovery call. And this group is a three-month men's group healing program for the men who want to relearn unlearn, relearn, decondition, all the shit society has taught you about what being a real man is. That's why we named it Real Men Heal because play on words of how idiotic that is that society would say that as a human being, you have to do something to be a real man. Like you are a real man just because you are. And yeah, reach out for that. And then um, you can also hop on the wait list for my next round of Come Home to Yourself, which is launching this fall. This is my four month group for anxiously attached women. So 
Uh, last but not least, I have one spot open in my Insight program. This is my highest level container where we do weekly Zoom sessions, Monday through Friday, Voxer support, full nervous system transformation. So hop in in any of the containers. I would love to have you. I love this work with all my heart. I am just so deeply grateful for it, grateful for my mentor for introducing it to me, for teaching it to me, and allowing me to step into my power as a healer and a guide for you. The gift that keeps on giving. So thank you guys again for being here. I love you so much. Please take time to just breathe, check in on your heart, sit with any sensations that are coming up until they soften and come to you. All right. Love you. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.